0: Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of the All In for Citrus podcast. I am your host, Taylor Hillman, and we had a plan today to talk about rootstock and variety trials, what that process looks like, what the focus is, and all the way through to the licensing issues for new varieties. However, we're scrapping all of that for a little breaking news, something we don't get to do often on this podcast We're going to go ahead and welcome in right away, Dr. Michael Rogers, Citrus Research and Education Center Director at UF IFAS. Dr. Rogers, interesting headline this week, a little bit of exciting news, and that is that there's been a major breakthrough in the fight against Huanglongbing disease. We know that there is a bacteria, and the bacteria is linked to the disease, and a lot of research has been looking at how those interact. But what we're talking about today is the effects. Um, the effects that are caused on the tree, and uh, we may have found something that can help with that.
1: Uh, yeah, and so there's been a number of research projects that have been taking place over the past few years that have been looking at um, you know, how the pathogen causes disease and um, you know, with the symptoms we see in HLB. And, and really, when you get a better understanding of how the pathogen causes disease, then you can start to think about, okay, well, what, what strategies make sense um, to you know, target or reverse those effects? What can you do to reverse the effects of disease based on how it's caused? And so we, we've had some projects that, uh, multiple projects ac- actually, that have, are, have been wrapped up just recently in IFAS. And, and that's the reason we've heard about this headline because um, just recently I was down talking with a small group of growers in, in Highlands County and, and I mentioned some of the new information that was coming out. Um, and collectively, um, the results that we're seeing, it's pointing to something that we can, we feel that we really strongly, we can probably start promoting this to growers now because we think the, the tools that we've identified can provide some pretty significant benefits in the short term for Florida citrus growers. And where this is really headed is, is we're, we're focused again on, on plant stress and what can be done to, re- to reverse the plant stress that's caused by HLB and and this, this concept is nothing completely new. Our our IPIS researchers and uh, have been talking about reducing plant stress for years, um, because we've always talked about this being a, a stress disease, if you will, of, of citrus. Um, and so we, we've had, a, there's been numerous projects in the past and present looking at ways to try to minimize plant stress, whether it's improving root health um, with, through amendments or different things to try to promote root growth, anything we can do to try to alleviate stress on trees so they perform better. But now, like I said, again, I think we've, we've identified um, at least one avenue, uh, one potential tool that we think is gonna be useful for growers um, now, uh, that's available now, that they can use to, to try to mitigate or reduce that stress and turn around the symptoms on HLB-infected trees
0: we'll get into all of that here in just a minute and talk about what this uh tool that's already available is and and how to use it and the complexities of that because it can be dangerous but this is one of those things where you guys are excited about this. The industry is excited about this. You guys are working as fast as you can to get some guidelines around this. You're, you're trying to get the information behind it to be able to get growers to use this.
1: Right. And so we're, we're taking all the data we have available and we're, we're working as fast as we can to get it out there to growers. So you know sometimes research, we have discoveries and you know they're they're not applicable to growers. Um it may not be something that a grower can use right now. So there's not the sense of urgency there to turn loose on some things. But in this case, we've got something that growers can use now. We think that they might be able to use it this starting this fall, at least on on certain varieties. And so we have stepped it up. It's been a long weekend for us working on on these details. And we're now to the point where we think we've, we can roll out this plan that, that we're going to see some benefit for growers in the coming season.
0: Okay, let's talk about some of those clear results that are making you feel this way. Um, Dr. Vasheath has been uh, testing this, and um, there, there are some definite clear results you're seeing here. So, so what is it? What is it doing? And what are the results you guys are seeing?
1: Okay, so actually, there, there's actually a couple of studies that have, have been done uh, wrapped up this year. And, and the first study um, was looking at, you know, how HLB causes stress and correlating um, uh, the, HL, the stress, the oxidative stress caused by HLB with the symptoms that we see in the field. And so that work, while it was it was interesting to look at it and see how, uh, how uh, stress relates to the symptom development, The more important thing on this study was they actually had a field component. Uh, It was a small-scale trial where they looked at ways to reverse the symptoms. And one of the products they looked at was using uh, gibberellic acid, um, which they found could actually uh, reverse oxidative stress. You know, gibberellic acid also promotes plant growth. And in doing so, um, over the course of about six months, they saw the tree health improve dramatically. And in, in that study, they were really just looking at tree health and some other biological, um, physiological effects on the citrus tree. But as most citrus growers who've been at our meetings around the state know, um, you know, there's been other work going on with gibberellic acid over the past several years. And and that's where, you know, one of the studies um, by Dr. Trippi Shish just finished up. And it was looking at and, and looking at how you can use gibberellic acid um, to improve yields, uh, you know, by reducing fruit drop, improving uh uh, plant growth, fruit quality, things like that, and so that, when you take Dr. Vashish's work and th- these other projects that have been done together as a whole, this is where we're really getting a lot of confidence that, that this approach using gibberellic acid could work, and what she showed is that um, uh, the yields, she could uh, dramatically increase yields, mainly looking here right now at Valencia Orange, Um, through a a program application of, of, it was probably about five gibberellic acid sprays during the fall. And uh, you could see that, that positive response in fruit yield.
0: So we are looking at specifically Valencia Oranges. That's what you guys have been able to test it on. So you're going to roll this out first with guidance on Valencia Oranges. Um, what kind of results did she see? Was there any um, data or metrics or dollar value you could put behind that?
1: Uh, yes. And I think that's, that's really the bottom line in, in, for me. When I look at what's happening here in Florida, um, with growers, you know, just struggling to, you know, stay afloat, uh, keep profitable or stay in business. You know, the bottom line for the grower is the dollar. And here in this case, this is what really sold us. And I think that's important for growers to to hear this and think about using gibberellic acid sprays, at least in Valencia Orange right now. And um, over over the course of, of several years, when they did the, they wrapped up the standard, doing the economic analysis, um, the average increase in profit per acre um, for the gibberellic acid treatments on the Valencia was a th- around $1,000 per acre. Wow. So when you think about that, <laughs> here we've got growers losing money, and we're able to, with a fairly cheap application, I mean, really the, co- the product cost is somewhere around 10 bucks an acre. Um, you're able to increase the profit on, on Valencia about $1,000 per acre, which is something that I think is really needed by our industry right now. Um, so it's not something that's not curing the bacteria, you know, killing the bacteria. It's not preventing, you know, problems down the road. It's just mitigating these symptoms so the trees can grow healthy, produce healthy fruit. And, um, I think that's really significant. I think that's something growers are going to be interested in and want to take a look at.
0: And again, you guys are only recommending this for valencia oranges right now but i think logically we would assume that this would probably work on other citrus but that needs to be tested
1: right and so so right now um the the program we're going to be discussing more in detail with growers has to do with valencia orange There, especially since right now we're in september and they can probably uh they'll probably they may see some benefit even this coming you know the fruit harvest in 2022 but definitely 2023 if they start some gib uh, acid sprays now on their Valencia crop. Um, now, their hamlins, a little different story. Um, and uh, you know Dr. Vashish will be talking to folks more about what can or may not be viable for uh, hamlins at this point in the season since we're really close to harvest. But, but again, the main focus right now is, is on Valencia. And you know when we think about how these recommendations are gonna come together for using these products, I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying this too much, <laughs> but the way I think of it, there's probably gonna be three different approaches. You're gonna have a, pr- a, a program approach timing for um, your late season fruit, you know, like Valencia's. You'll have a different schedule of, of the sprays for early season fruit like Hamelin. And fresh fruit, um, that's gonna be completely different, I think, because for example, right now you go out and apply gib acid this time of year um, on your fresh fruit. That's right before harvest. So that, that could have that negative impact on, on color break and degreening. So uh, that's something you want to avoid. So it, it really depends on, you know, the, the timing and how you use these sprays is really important because it can cause problems, um, like we said, with fresh fruit. Um, but another consideration is, um, for example, if, if we're talking about Valencia this time of the year and you started applying gibberlic acid now on a monthly schedule, um, you'd want to make sure, you know, for, for Valencia and other crops, that you you in that uh, probably very early January, because you want to make sure that you've you've cut that off before we hit the flowering period, because if if you get too close to flowering period, you can actually uh, affect flowering and fruit set in the coming crop. So there's a, that's another negative. So there's a lot of things, a lot of nuances, things you have to consider um, when you're using gib acid sprays. And so that's why you know we're being really cautious as we roll stuff out because. Um, just to say, hey, gibberellic acid is going to you know, really increase your yields without the instructions on how best to use that could really cause a lot of damage. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to be cautious as we roll this out and step this out a little bit at a time and, and make sure that we're giving growers the right information so they can they can use this effectively and, and see the benefits. So let's
0: talk a little bit more about gibberellic acid. Is that Is it something that is commonly used in the industry already or uh, when is this used usually by citrus growers?
1: Yeah, so it it is used by growers. I mean, some people use it, some people don't. It's a plant growth regulator. So it may be used to help with fruit set or, um, you know, bloom induction or delay. I mean, it can do a number of things um, because it does have effects on plant growth. So people will use it for different things. The good news about it, I mean, the product's been around for a long time. And so it, it's a product that there's, it's actually off patent. So there's a lot of companies that have uh, gibberellic acid products. So there's a number of them to choose from. They're not terribly expensive compared to, you know, when we talk about pesticides, we have a new pesticide out that's going to, you know, affect rust mite or psyllid or something like that. And they're usually really pricey. Um, this, the products like, for example, the one that, that was being used in the studies here that, um, uh, you know, it, it was it was coming in somewhere around a dollar an ounce, and they were, I believe, they were using a 10 ounce per acre application along with a penetrating surfactant. So you know, the costs are pretty cheap, and um, we'll be getting more into the details in the grower meetings about you know rates and timing, and you know that that's beyond <laughs> that's beyond my wheelhouse as an entomologist. Uh, but but growers will be hearing more about you know how best to use and apply those and the rates they need to to be familiar with. Yeah, and that's.
0: That's why you guys need to put some guidelines behind it because, as you mentioned already, there are some potential negative effects here and, and growers are not advised to just go out and start spraying jabrillic acid. Uh, they really need to to look at the guidelines that you guys are putting out and, and Tripti's doing something on this coming up where it'll have some of that information. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so since the, the meeting where we first discussed this in Highlands County, we've been working to uh, try to shore up our recommendations, make sure that we're comfortable with putting this out. And as I said earlier, you know, we're, right now we're focused on mainly processing oranges, especially Valencia. Um, we've set up uh, a Zoom meeting uh, for Tuesday, September the 21st, and this will be from 1030 till noon and, um, you know, for most of the growers, the florida citrus growers have probably uh, just recently received notification about that. We've been blasting that out through all the, the grower associations, um, through our citrus agents and other folks. And um, and growers can go online and register for the event. And um, it'll, again, it'll be about an hour and a half. And and really think about this as being an, a seminar, a how-to seminar. Um, we're not going to go into a lot of detail on the how it works or why it works, the science, we're really wanting to just roll out primarily, you know, how do you take these products and use them properly based on the crop that you have, you know, especially here, in Valencia. And we want to make sure that we tell the folks not only what, how you can do it, but it's just as important what not to do. Because the last thing we want to do is if somebody that is not familiar with gibberellic acid, we don't want them to, to use it at the wrong time and, and cause problems. So um, again, that's gonna be Tuesday, September 21st, starting at 10.30. And if, if folks aren't able to tune in, I know this is pretty much short notice for everybody, uh, it's coming up very quickly. Um, we're gonna try and record the session and we will uh, post it on our website uh, as soon as we can afterwards. So po- folks who weren't able to tune in can go and see that, or they can review it if they wanna to uh, maybe miss something or refresh their memory. That website, it's the the UF-IFAS Statewide Citrus Research website. Um, It's citrusresearch.ifas.ufl.edu.
0: Let's take a step back, hey, Dr. Rogers. You said this helps reverse the effects, but it does not cure the tree. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to roll this out as another tool in the toolbox here to help out. Maybe a really effective tool, but another tool. We we don't want growers to stop doing what they're doing in their um, HLB management now. This is just something else to add to the toolbox.
1: Yes, and I think we, we've been talking for a long time um, about overall managing tree overall tree health and there's a lot of things that growers are doing right now they've they've really tweaked their programs through observation and trial and error and and we've we've provided some information on you know in ipas on our research that's been they've been able to use so you know there's things like nutrition and irrigation you know those continue to be important um, and just anything we can do to help promote the good health of the trees. Maintaining soil pH is another one, for example. Um, you can't overlook any of those things. This all works together. And so using gibberellic acid sprays is part of that, that larger program. So it's not going to be a standalone, oh, all i got to do is this and spray it, and I'm fine, because um, it won't work. And we, we've seen that in some of, the, some of the field trials we've been doing, some of the observations made where for example, maybe soil pH got out of line and we saw the yields not as high when we're using juberlic acid sprays. So there's a lot of, you know, it all comes together in the big picture. Um, and again, this is just one tool, although it, I think I think it's a very <laughs> beneficial tool based on what we're seeing in terms of the yield increase on these, these HLB diseased Valencia trees.
0: It, it's exciting. I, I also think, find it very interesting that some stress research is what led to this. Um, you know, I, I, I don't say any research is accidental, but kind of an accidental finding here in that this is this works. Um, I, I think that speaks to all research you guys are doing is important and can lead to something that really benefits the industry. This is a perfect example of that.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and there's been a lot of other, i have not going into a lot of detail, but there's been a lot of other folks working on stress. And, and you know, here we're talking about um, showing a correlation with, you know, HLB, the bacterium causing oxidative stress and the symptoms. And, and there are other things out there that cause oxidative stress. It's not just HLB. I mean, you can think of things like drought stress. I mean, that causes oxidative stress to the plant. It's a defense response. And so there are lots of things that cause stress. And and there's been other other uh, researchers that have done things looking at different uh, compounds that may be able to help reduce stress. And there's a lot of things out there that folks are going to continue to look at and come up with new ideas, new new products, new tools, new approaches to managing stress. Um, and you know, this is one pathway or, or one one mechanism that we see that HLB is causing, you know, uh, decline in tree health. And, and you know, there may, there may be other mechanisms out there that we're gonna learn more about. Uh, because one thing we have learned about HLB is, is it's an extremely complicated disease. And I don't think there's just gonna be one, one avenue, one direction that's gonna solve all of our problems. I think we're gonna continue to see different ways um, that HLB affects the trees come out as more research is done. And we'll continue to take that information and work it into our programs. So uh, and we, our, our programs will continue to evolve with our knowledge. And so I think that's going to be something down the road that we will continue to fine tune things that will be of value to the grower. Some things maybe, you know, aren't cost effective and we may not have to we may not go that route. But, you know, in the case of this work with gibberellic acid, um, the cost benefit, <laughs> it's a tremendous benefit for such a small cost. So that, that's what really gets us excited about this.
0: Dr. Michael Rogers, bringing good news. We're going to have you skip the Citrus Expo more often if you can come with uh, some information like this afterwards.
1: <laughs> well, I hope I don't have to miss any more meetings anytime soon.
0: <laughs> Again, uh, Center Director for uh, Citrus Research and Education Center, Dr. Michael Rogers. Exciting news, People can check out the Zoom. They can go to the website to see this information. Dr. Rogers, I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you, Taylor.
0: Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.